I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hey, y'alls. Down in Texas. (laughs) Texas inside joke today. Today we have a very special episode. It's always a special episode. Do you know about that song, All My Axes Live in Texas? Sing it. Sing it. (laughs) All my axes live in Texas. (laughs) Down they all heard me in Memphis, Tennessee. (laughs) That's good. Makes me want to go to Texas. Are we going to Texas? We're going to Texas. We're going to Texas in April. We're going to Austin. Oh, yeah. We'll be recording live from Austin. Yes, we will. Hallelujah. Hi, Austin. So, everyone, this episode is... Uh, Number 40-something. 40, 40, I think it's 43. Yeah, 43. I think I'm actually accurate this time. And this is a wonderful follow-up to what we just did, because 42 was Me Too, sexual assault, trauma, That's and That's convenient. Consent. 42 is Me Too. It's very convenient. <laughs> well said, April. <laughs> and now 43 is a wonderful follow-up. About that is Texas. going to be no. It's not about Texas, everyone. We're not talking Damn about it. that kind of politics. But we love you all, y'all Texans. No, this one is um, okay. So this one we're it's going to be called "Be Empowered: Jujitsu and Self Defense for Sex and Well Self Defense as well." So insert <laughs> insert hiya here. Hi-ya. So we just and discovered. We, we, and wait, wait, Amy. We have to say we have magical guests in the house. Right, oh, they're here. here. They're watching. They're us. here. They're like, wow, this is what a podcast. I know. Looks they're like. like, wow, this is very <laughs> not as exciting as we'd hoped. Really professional. Insert fireworks now as well. <laughs> it's wild. Um, but before we go in, let's talk about the wine we're drinking. Oh, Emma Gatto. <laughs> Margins, margins wine. wine. So we had this awesome article in the Good Times. Um, if anyone's local, Santa Cruz. <laughs> if you ever read the Good Times, it's a weekly newspaper that is all. It's just all encompassing about capturing the local Santa Cruz vibe, but also this wonderful editor, Maria. How do you pronounce your last name? Grisowskis. Grisowskis. Now everyone knows. Now who everyone is. knows. Uh, she wrote an article, and we actually received a wine sponsor that from we've her been talking about for so long, forever. But the wine, not only it, we weren't, we actually we're picky about we're wine picky. too. This isn't just someone giving us a wine and us being no. like, okay, this is actually a good, really good wine. It was. Uh, we're particular. And it's awesome because it's a uh, woman-owned woman and operated. Crafting low intervention wines using grapes from under biodynamic regions, yep. vineyards, and varietals, mm-hmm. and they're underrepresented regions as well. And as she makes wines that are biodynamic, and they're organic, and she is fantastic. She's her name's Megan. Megan, I don't know her last name, but she's fantastic. So Megan, love you. Margins love you. wine, and love your wine. What kind of wine are we drinking? We're drinking the red Sangiovese. I believe. Yes, we are. The Sangiovese. And what, how would you describe this? I one? would describe it as, hold on a second. She's, and she knows her wine, everyone, by the way. When we go into a restaurant and we order wine, I'm just like, whatever she says we should have. There's some vanilla, oh. blackberry, mm-hmm. boys in berry, <laughs> panty dropping, boys in berry, anybody? <laughs> it's fabulous. It's delicious. It's very dark in color. So half of the wine drinking, when you're drinking wine, it's not just about the actual flavor, it's about the look. The bouquet and or the schnoz smell. <laughs> so when you're drinking wine, if you want to be fancy and you're like tasting wine, go and smell it first. Swirl, swirl it. Smell it. Take a big old whiff and be like, hmm, I smell boysenberry. And then <laughs> and they'll that always accent. be like, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> they'll, they'll say that right away. That's what I do. Don't they call it the nose? Like the, yeah, it's the nose. It's the bouquet. That's the bouquet. Yeah. I've heard that 
the tongue, the tip. The, I don't know. There's all these terms yeah. for the wine world. Just the tip of your when nose. When I've gone wine tasting, I was like, oh God, I have no idea yeah. what you schnozzy people I went wine about. tasting in Chile and it's so serious. They were like, I was like, I'm smelling vanilla. And they're like, Mm-mm. nope, it's not at all. <laughs> nope, we don't get that at you're all. Wrong. I was like, but really? But it's your it's your palate. Anyway, Margins, Margins wine. wine, everyone. So um, go to marginswine.com. Really delicious wine. They have reasonably priced as well. And woman owned and operated. Women How awesome and, operated. and it's that? local Santa Cruz. So if you want great California wines, you can find it at locally shopping at a few different supermarkets like Shoppers Corner. I think um, she also has it at Staff of Life. So if you're not in Santa Cruz, you can probably order it online. And it's about 25 bucks a bottle. And you will enjoy. If you don't, you know what? You will eventually. Your palate just has to develop. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Delicious. Okay, so sex questions. We're going to do one sex question before we go into our topic. And we were trying to decide on the pronunciation because my series has an Australian accent. And I believe it's vaginismus. Vaginismus. Yes, exactly. So this well question done. is regarding struggling vaginismus. We're, and we're not going to read it in an Australian accent. And it's, no, we're not. <laughs> no. But it is an anonymous and they prefer to stay anonymous. Okay. So Amy, you're up. So I'm reading it? Why not? Oh, wow. I, you already read it. Okay. Uh. So the pressure is on. <laughs> So this person, so hi, I've recently been diagnosed with vaginismus. I went about one year without seeking help or getting a diagnosis because I was so embarrassed. The doctors and I aren't sure about what caused it as I have no trauma or negative feelings towards sex. It just happened one day and gradually got worse. My question is, how do I support my partner through this as I feel that I'm not meeting his needs sexually as we currently aren't able to achieve any penetration? I'm now fearful of the pain to come, and it has affected my libido, which makes it hard for me to even initiate pleasing him some days. Thank you, Anonymous. Wow. Okay, so vaginismus. Um, this is a time, in my opinion, to um, to ask your partner for support. So you're looking to support your partner, and I think your partner does need support, of course. It's not like, oh, screw you, it's all about me. But you're going through some stuff, too. So let's, I guess, my my first inclination would be to focus on how can they support you, and then um, how can you also support them? But it sounds like you're the one going through the hurt and the trauma and the change. So how they can support you would be um, to put less emphasis on penetration, that sex doesn't only have to be penetration, that there's so many other things on the menu than penetration, oral sex, um, you know, dry humping, fingers on the vulva, sex toys, there's making out, nipples kissing all over the body. I mean, that can feel better than penetration sometimes. Oh my God, it's hot. You're like 16 again, it's great. I don't even know if this person's 16, but they might be, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so I guess your partner coming to a support a supportive place and understanding that um, of what your needs are and that penetration isn't what sex has to be all about. Sex can be so many things. Sex doesn't have to go, like we think of sex as always going that. It's like all or nothing. And when we can get away from that, then there's so many other things on the menu, especially when trauma and health-related issues come about. So there's that piece for your partner to, to start getting creative and supportive over where you're at. And then penetration. Awesome. So many beautiful things happen. They don't, it doesn't have to be on the menu all the time or for a while while you're figuring out what's going on with your body. And, and this person isn't really asking, what do I do about this vaginismus? But I do want to comment on um, the pelvic floor ish or episode that we had. I don't remember what number that is, but pelvic floor. With the Dr. Sarah. She works with that. And so please right. listen to that episode. Um, it was in the 20s, 20-something. 20 yeah. and, and my understanding, and I could be wrong, so please don't get mad at me if I'm not perfect about this, but vaginismus is when the muscles are... Atrophying? There's no tightness. They're like, like they're clamped down so permanently. So much tightness. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So like they won't loosen up, and so anything trying to go inside, they actually won't move for it. So there's ways to work with it. It's actually not like a death sentence for the vagina. It's just that there's treatments in terms, and the treatments are usually a physical therapy, I believe. It's well, she was also commenting in her in her um, email that the doctors weren't exactly sure of a treatment at this point. So, yeah. And we're not here to support with treatment options. Yeah, but I, but I do want to refer her to that episode, though, because okay. Dr. Sarah Tianza talked about, I, she talked about this in, in the episode, I'm, I'm like 99% sure, and um, regular Western medical doctors 
aren't trained on pussies. They're just not. No. They just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And then even the ones that are working with pussies half the time still don't understand modern day you know, they're just listening to what they were told about it. They're not listening to modern day science or not modern science, but experience. So um, I really, really have a lot of faith in Dr. Sarah Tanza. And she uh, is on that episode. Look, look up pelvic floor health. It's like 30 something. I don't remember the and number. And she carries around an, an insane 3D model of a pelvic floor with her. She knows her stuff. That basically like yeah. introduced me to so many different places in my pelvic floor that yeah. I did not know like, existed because they're yeah. in there. I'm like, what is I this? Have muscles there. I was like, that thing's blue. Yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah, I have blue inside of me. Wow. And then the last piece that you were saying is how you can support your partner. So I do want to honor that in supporting your partner. I think the first thing would be um, explaining to them, you know, of course, what's going on with your body. Um, and then letting them know, teaching, teaching them or educating them on the many different ways that you can play that don't involve penetration. Letting them know that you still value their need to feel wanted, desired, and experience pleasure. So you want to work with them and penetrative sex is not on the table. So what can we do together to make this a co-creation? Um, because I still want to connect with you. I still want you to feel wanted and desired. Um, Especially since they feel like they're not meeting his needs, as they say. So, But I think communication. your pussy's priority right here, though. You're the one going through some shit, so... They're, your partner is important. I'm not saying neglect them, but like, don't put your own hard and very challenging experience aside to please the cock. I mean, that's kind of like what so many women are doing. Like, I think that they, I'm not again. I'm not saying like, oh fuck, I'm you know, it's all about me. And I think that it is important to um, understand that you to really put a value on what you're going through, and that um, while you want to support him, he also in turn needs to support you. Yes. You agree? I do. Chip agrees. I agree. Chip and dip. I think it is important, though, to connect with them. So if, if, if this is a long going, ongoing process where you're feeling um, like just disconnected with them, check, check in on a regular basis and let them know what you're feeling because um, your pussy is important, too. And until you have a... We love your pussy. Until you have a solution for the the undergoing medical situation, it is important to keep checking in and be sure that you're trying to adhere to your partner's needs as much as you can, even if it is just emotional and not physical. But don't forget about your needs. And your needs are important I'm as very, well. I'm very, very adamant Thank about you, Anonymous. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. All right, so we have so many sex questions, but we're now going to jump into our podcast. This one we are calling Be Empowered. And there's only one E in there, so the B is a B E capital, and then empowered. It's not B like bzzz. no, like you will be empowered. Oh. <laughs> so because I didn't bring my EpiPen to this, and I'm allergic to bees. And our topic here is going to be specifically geared around jujitsu, talking about self defense, uh, and also how we can use jujitsu for sex. Hello, how hot is that? And um, I don't know how many people have taken your classic women's self defense class, but um, we'll talk about the differences between a traditional women's self-defense class and what we're talking about here, this this Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And um, there's an upcoming workshop that is happening that we'll talk about. It's going to be April 5th through May 17th. That's uh, Thursday nights at 7.45 to 9 p.m. And it's a six-week immersion here in Santa Cruz. Or you can do a two-weekend intensive, May 5th and May 12th, Saturdays 12th. Where is it in Santa Cruz, though? It is at Claudio Franco's studio here in Santa Cruz. And uh, we will find out more information on how to uh, contact Chris, who we are going to be speaking with. But but without uh, before we dive in, let me tell you about Chris. Do you want to know about Chris? I would love to know about Chris. Oh, but right, does he say Haya after his name? Yes. That Chris, Jiu-Jitsu, Haya. That's karate. It is? I Damn know. it. I don't no. know. Do they even say that in karate? No, Chris is no. shaking his head. He's like, they never say Haya. That's like in like Looney Tunes or something. No, it's <laughs> yeah. in like old school kung fu movies. Le- is it? Right? Hi-ya. It is. Black and white kung fu So movies? it's kung fu then. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Okay. So. That was right, everyone. So our speaker here. And by the way, I've known Chris for a number of years. I just love this man. He's like, what are, well, you actually, you have something in here that was called you, what is it? It was like the, some badass Buddha. Yeah, he's a badass Buddha. He's got this very gentle spirit to him, but he will put you in a motherfucking headlock, yo. So, <laughs> so Damn. don't fuck with him. He's got a good story about that. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me, me about explain. Chris. I want to hear about so Chris. Chris, right here, is a former attorney, a business broker, an entrepreneur, currently working in marketing for a local tech firm. He grew up in Philadelphia and moved to Los Angeles in 1990, where he worked in film and TV production before finding his home in Santa Cruz in 1996. Chris met his wife, Lisa, who's also here. Hey. At Burning Man. Woo! And is a father to two amazing teenagers. He received his black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu in 2016 and is a former Pan-American champion, American Cup champion, and three times U.S. Open champion. And, yeah, hi yeah. <laughs> Insert hi yeah here. Yeah, insert hi yeah. And I also just want to say, um, while we're focusing here on this, and this is a great topic with the Me Too thing and with what we just talked about with um, trauma and assault and consent. So we're talking specifically about using Brazilian jiu-jitsu for self-defense and also for sex. Um, but a side note, Chris and Lisa have a really beautiful love story that I don't know if we have time to talk about it here. It might be another podcast, but these two were magic humans. So They were meant to be. And just the universe filled with beauty and magic. Them. So, But I do want to know when Chris takes the mic... If jiu-jitsu had a noise, what it would be. <laughs> okay. Let's start with... Uh, do you have a noise for that? Um, <laughs> that's a really interesting first question. First, I want to say the hi I think, is kung fu. Um, in karate, it's a kiai. Kiai! 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 Perfect. Um, jiu-jitsu okay. would either be... Uh, or... Um, Hey! <laughs> what, what what do you do when you do a hey? Like, what kind of movement are you doing? Um, usually you're just waving at the guy who came in and you're going, hey! <laughs> we, we do that a lot. You're just saying hello. <laughs> yeah. So it's friendly. It's a friendly or, sport. Or if somebody gets a good move, you know, they score a great point and the whole team will go, hey! Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a Brazilian sport. You know, these are fun-loving Brazilian guys. They like to have fun. Ah, uh, I like this thing in Portuguese. Brazilian Portuguese does have a hey at the end. When See? I was in, I was in, Brazil doing work and I couldn't believe I was like the language is so lovely everyone just always sounds like hey at the end <laughs> like ciao it's true beautiful yeah. hey hey All right. um so Chris we just did a little bio but can you just tell us a little bit about your journey into the world of Brazilian jiu-jitsu how'd you get in there how'd you become the badass Buddha uh, okay this is an awesome story and I love telling it first of all I want to say the wine is really delicious what's the name what's the name of the margins name? wine margins awesome and I want to compliment you guys because um uh, I was really impressed how you actually made penetration sound kind of boring all that talk about <laughs> dry humping and uh pounding the clitoris I was like wow we got to go home and improve honey <laughs> So blessings to your um, to your listeners. I'm sure you inspire them. Um, so how did I get into jiu-jitsu? Uh, that's a great story. I um, actually started um, karate um, back in Philly in the 80s. And when I moved out to L.A., I was working in a law firm as a law clerk. And it was this other guy at the law firm who um, I got him my brown belt. I was like a year away from getting my black belt. And then I moved out to California and all the schools were different and the, and the, the techniques were all a little different. And I just like, I felt like I was starting over and I got discouraged and I never finished, you know? So, um, a couple years later, this guy's in the law firm and he's got his black belt in Taekwondo. So we're always talking about martial arts and stuff. And one day he comes into the dojo, uh, the dojo, he comes into the office and he's like, dude, I've been doing this new martial art. It is so cool. You got to try it. It's called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I swear I learned more in three weeks than I learned like in three years of Taekwondo. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, come down and check it out. So a couple weekends later, I go down to this dojo. And sure enough, I mean, I was feeling pretty comfortable with myself at that time. I was like 28. I was strong, working out. I had a brown belt in karate. And there were these like women were like tossing me around the mat and tapping me out and like little guys who didn't look like much. And I was like just getting smashed and crushed. And um, it was just crazy. And uh, I was like, wow, this really is this really is powerful. And so they were down there and they were talking about how, oh, yeah, this is the most powerful martial art in the world. And I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody says that. No, but we're going to prove it. We're going to be putting on this big event and it's going to be called the Ultimate Fighting Challenge, the UFC. And we're going to bring in a kung fu guy and a boxer and a karate guy and a Taekwondo guy. We're going to put them all in the ring like a human cockfight, and we're going to win it. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are pretty confident. And they're like, well, we've been doing this for like 50 years in Brazil, and yeah, we're, you know, now we're bringing it to here. And like, no way. So that's the only reason I ever heard of the UFC or I watched UFC number one, which was like on cable, you know, pay-per-view. And this was back in the early 90s. And tuned in, and son of a gun. 
their guy was like basically my size, six Hoist Gracie. He was about six one, hundred and eighty pounds, and he's taking on these Goliath football player size guys who are all like black belts in Taekwondo and national kickboxing champions and all this stuff. And he beat the crap out of him. And he made it look easy, and he didn't even get a scratch. And I was like, wow, that I want to learn that, you know. <laughs> and so um, I had been already training a little bit, so I continued for about a year or so. But then I, long story short, I moved up to Santa Cruz. Got married, had babies, had a business, and like 10 years went by. And so this was about uh, 12, 13 years ago. And I've been trained, I trained on and off a little bit, but all this time went by. And one day my son was sitting on the bed. Uh, he was still in diapers, I think, or he seemed like it. We we're just playing on the bed. He's like three years old. And I realized I was messing with him and I was, sh I was, really, I was showing him jujitsu moves. I was like, this is how you do a choke, this is how you do an arm bar. And I realized, Jesus, I never stopped thinking about jujitsu. I've been thinking about it for 10 years. It's like, I gotta get my ass back on the mat before it's too late. Because I, you know, I'm, this is obviously calling to me. So I walked into the dojo and Claudio was there. He remembered me from having trained years before. And I was like, hey, I'm back. I'm gonna compete. I'm gonna get my black belt. And he's like, oh, he kind of laughed. Okay, yeah, we'll see. And uh, I just trained and I never looked back. Dojo? Wait, a dojo? Because I'm not familiar with jiu-jitsu, oh, obviously, sure. with my high remarks. Call me on the, <laughs> call me on the <laughs> vernacular. What is a dojo? Uh, dojo is just a d Japanese word for school. Oh. Um, and see, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu actually originated from j Japanese jiu-jitsu. And oh. it was brought over in the early 1900s by the Japanese that were kind of exporting their martial arts and trying to do the same thing the Brazilians did. It's like, hey, show in the world, you know, we've got the best martial art. And it's a long story, but they landed in Brazil, and this family adopted this one emissary, is the Gracie family, and they are kind of like the dynasty of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And these guy, and this little guy, Elio Gracie, who was like five, five eight, you know, very frail, he um, refined jiu-jitsu for weaker, smaller people to be, you know, because all his brothers and everybody else was much bigger than he was, and so he developed these techniques for fighting off his back and winning off his back, like choking people unconscious from when you're like somebody's on top of you and they think they're winning and all of a sudden they're losing and nobody could figure that out and that's what blew people away in UFC number one because like here's Hoist Gracie with this giant gargantuan guy on top of him beating the crap out of him and all of a sudden the guy's tapping out and, and unconscious and they're like, what the hell just happened? Skills. That's the power. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that's when we found out. You know, everybody thought, you know, fighting was about how big you were, how strong you were, and it turned out no. It's like it's how it's how much you know mm. and making the right moves, and and um, and how you know comfortable you are in that situation. Um, but it's your skills first. Mm -hmm. It's knowing what to do, and a little person can beat up a big person. So and that's so and that's so perfect for this conversation. So then. I guess, so what inspired you to create, I mean, you had, this is your background in getting into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, jiu but what inspired you to create this workshop? Is it to, you know, help the little guys? You Because know, the workshop is geared towards, it's not just for women, this be, this be Empowered workshop. It's not just for women, it's for anyone to learn on how to protect themselves from an empowered way. Yeah, yeah, well, and Lisa has an answer uh, she's <gasps> going to throw in, but I'll Ooh. just intro it by saying, first of all, you guys inspired me. Oh, yeah, I read the uh, wonderful article about you guys in The Good Times. That Maria um, wrote? That Maria wrote. And um, just hit me at the right time. And I was thinking, that's really cool. You know, I was reading about you, April, you know, and you gave up law school and, you know, we're doing what you're doing. And, you know, really just, I was like, wow, man, they're really interested in sex. And now they're doing sex for a living. That's awesome. You know, I, you know and I'm thinking about, you know, doing jujitsu for a living for years, but it's not really like a great way to make a living, you know, even owning a school is not very profitable, it's like, it's not an easy road, you know, so for years I've just kind of written it off as a hobby, and I was, I was thinking, yeah, I wish there was a way I could do something, you know, that I could make a little money, but I could, you know, I could teach it, because I love teaching jujitsu, I just love jujitsu, and I love teaching it, and I was reading about that, and then for some reason it hit me, you know, it's like, at our school we don't, it's just, you know, you sign up and you train for two, three, four months, five months a year, whatever, until you, you know, you learn some stuff. And I was like, you know, why can't we just have like a, a really focused class where people can just get the essential techniques, not all the fancy stuff we do, you know, for tournaments or whatever, but just the real nuts and bolts, practical stuff. And actually um, uh, adopted it from a class that the Gracies teach, um, which is called, um, it's called, uh, Similar name, actually, Women Empowered. Um, and it's, uh, you get a pink belt at the end of it. Um, and it's like just the top 15 positions that most women are likely to find themselves in, in a bad situation and how to deal with it. But when I got done with it, I realized, you know, for somebody who, anybody who just wants an immersion into jujitsu and wants to really, you know, um, just get the best, the most essential techniques, 
it's I mean these are all good techniques for anybody to know, including men. So I was like, why limit it to just just to just women? Mm-hmm. But it was originally conceived as a woman's um, class, and I just wanted to share it because jujitsu is. Um, it is so powerful for women, and I think it is the best martial art for a woman to know because it deals with ground fighting, and a lot of times women, you know, your fight's going to start on the ground, possibly. You know, if it's like a date rape situation, a lot of women get in awkward situations, you know, um, where it's already, like, we're already horizontal, you know? It's like, okay, I, you know, I'm done making out now. Oh, no, we're not, you know? And so um, knowing what how to move on the ground um, is essential, you know? And I, I mean, uh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, no. but I consider myself non-violent, but I know that there has to be ways to combat someone when you're unexpectedly being, you know, un- physically encountered like, with someone that is obviously less desirable. So I'm interested, and it's going to be difficult to explain because we're in a podcast, but like... Uh, I can explain it. Okay, good, because <laughs> I'm just super... We didn't, we wanted to hear Lisa's oh, yeah. story yeah, of yeah, yeah that piece yeah because Lisa has a story of the the creation of this I do have a story and I I actually I have a couple but and I can answer what you were saying April because I am not I don't like violence um, I had a situation once actually where I was going to be raped I'm a very strong woman and just because I reacted quickly and literally pushed him with both feet as he was trying to get on top of me, he hit a wall and I had enough time to run out. But had he got no on top way. of me and that, I, I didn't know jujitsu. I don't know what would have happened. Um, so you had known jujitsu before that? I don't know jujitsu. Okay. I know it. I know parts of it because I've watched him fight, cheered him on. I've got on the ground and rolled and hit it. We have a dojo in our garage. Uh, this happened, this rape attempt happened when I was uh, about 18 years old. Wow. So I didn't even plan on bringing that up, but that fear base, and because I'm so strong, I basically bench pressed him with my legs <laughs> into the wall. But had he got on top of me, I would have wished that I had known what I've seen Chris do. And on that note, so there's two things. First off, he is the badass Buddha. <laughs> I named him that. And what happened was he had a really cool situation where um, he lost his wallet, and he thought it was gone. And he found, about a month later, a note on Facebook message. And some young woman that found it had reached out on Facebook and found him. And long story short, they connected. And he wanted to bring her something more than just flowers. And he got talking about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She expressed an interest. And she brought a friend. And he offered to teach her and her friend some self-defense moves. And then he asked me if I wanted to come over and watch part of this. Watching these women with my husband and the way that he taught them, he's this very calm, you know, it's very Buddha-like man. And he's, he's out there showing them and grabbing them by the neck like they would be. And you could see the fear. I could feel the fear. You know, you're thinking of that. And he's calm. And he was showing them just moves of how they can get out or how they can get into a position where you're going to possibly break the arm. or But... But the control, and they were small women that were with you. They lit up. They were loving it. And I thought afterwards, I said to him, I could really see you. You're, you're a born teacher, you know? And I can see the empowerment these women had. And so I'm really happy that he's going to be doing that. But in answering, and I'll give the mic because this is his show, not mine. But this is, a, this is it's your show. It's actually, you guys are freaking awesome, everyone's by the way. show. You everyone. guys are, yeah, I love you guys. But Aww. I do. I love you guys. I listen to you when I'm on my Stairmaster sometimes. I guess. <laughs> She's like, I've got to get out. But okay, so I will just say this: we were, we did meet at Burning Man. I, I was able to see Chris use his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and, and this story is actually funny and and scary at the same time. Uh, I've been to Burning Man five times. I've never felt in, scared or worried, and even though people are having a great old time, sex, drugs, and not rock and roll, but techno, and <laughs> and we were listening to actually a live band. They were freaking awesome. And this man was so drugged out that he was banging into everybody. And he kept banging into me. He was a big man. He was probably a couple of inches taller than Chris and up in 230 pounds. And the second or third time, it was starting to intimidate and scare the crowd because nobody really wants violence there. And he hit me. He kind of bumped into me pretty hard. And I heard Chris whisper in my ear as we're dancing, honey, if he gets a little too out of hand, I feel like I have to do something. 
and I've never heard him say that. And I actually felt calm because I know at the same time I was intimidated. This man started climbing up on the stage. People were grabbing his pants. So his his pants, he was crawling out of his pants. His ass was <laughs> hanging out. And the guy singing was getting ready to hit him with the mic stick. And all of a sudden, within I, at first I said it took 30 seconds, but Chris corrected me and said it was all of like four or five seconds. Mm-hmm. He went and grabbed this man from behind, pulled him down on the ground, and I didn't know it at the time, but as he was choking him out, he was saying to him, I love you, man. I love you, man. It's okay. I love you, man. So burning, man. It's so burning, man. The guy goes to sleep. My heart's pounding out of my chest. He didn't quite choke him out hard enough, so the guy starts fighting, and Chris realizes as he hooks his arm back in there, and he puts the guy completely asleep. I'm sure I'm saying again, I love you. I love you, man. And we were able to walk around the back of the band, when the man came to, they got him to lay down on a couch, a dusty couch somewhere where he could sleep it off. He mm-hmm. was like, hey, what happened? He was my hero, my badass Buddha. And uh, so anyway, that's just an example. And I'm going to let him go back because I've hogged this mic way too long. I, mean, I wonder if Chris can just come over to my house every night and choke <laughs> me out so I can go to sleep. He's, like, <laughs> like, yeah. he's a good like. He was peaceful. He looked really peaceful. Yeah. yeah. I, so I feel pretty safe with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, yeah, and I'd heard that story from you too before, and I love the, um, the I love you component that it was, so that's what April was talking about with the violence component. You know, we're not talking necessarily about, this isn't violence. This isn't, um, I'm going to pull a gun out on you and shoot you and kick your ass. This is like, uh, this is me taking care of my own body. And in the Burning Man case, it was coming from peace and love, but you had to also put someone to sleep in that process for the greater good. Yes, and that's what is so beautiful about jiu-jitsu and why it is such a powerful art and why it empowers people so much and is so empowering for women because it's nonviolent. Um, you submit people to the degree necessary commensurate with the level of the attack, right? So it, whereas other self-defense classes and other martial arts are based in striking, right? So they teach you how to smash the guy's nose up to his forehead and hit him in the throat, right? And um, kick him in the you know nuts and break things, you know? And when, I like to say, you know, when a hand grenade is your only weapon, it's almost like not having a weapon at all. You're, you're very loath to use it, right? You need, you need interim weapons you know, and tools to get yourself out of a situation that don't involve starting a massive fight, right? Just a knockdown, drag them out fight. And so jiu-jitsu is about leveraging your body. It's a, it's a very intimate um, uh, art because it's on the ground, which is where you're going to probably end up one way or another, you know? And so, especially if you're a smaller person. And it's about leveraging your weight and your position to, um, to, to you know, either, you know, put somebody to sleep or at least just get them off you, which is, you know, what you need to do when you're under attack. So, on, well, on that note, what what are some things that we can, I mean, I know this is mostly experiential, like, you, I mean, in the workshop, people, this is things that people need to practice to figure it out. It's not just, but what are some things that you can tell people uh, right now that they can take home, some tools right now to be able to defend themselves? Well, um, that would be challenging, but... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being honest. But but let's maybe I can do it. But I'll start with I'll start with some basic jujitsu theory, which um, is is really powerful. And and that is um, jujitsu is all about distance management. It's about because where you don't want to be is where most people put themselves in an altercation when somebody is you know hitting you or attacking you. You tend to put your hand up to defend, and you tend to keep them right at arm's length, which is exactly where they want to be, especially if their arms are just a little longer than yours. You know, so they can hit you, and so that's that, that's the red zone. That's where you don't want to be. So you either want to be about two arm lengths away, which is where they can't kick you or punch you. You're totally safe there to infinity, total safe zone, right? Then there's the red zone, we've got an arm length away. The other green zone is wrapped around them like a blanket, like they were your lover. Okay. See, this is very valuable. Okay, continue. Yeah. So you're wrapped around them like a blanket. Now they can still hit you, right? They can still I you know bump you and scratch you, but they're not gonna just they're not gonna damage you. So you're on the hips, your legs are on the hips. You're like you're wrapped around either the front or the back, but just in tight, you know, in so tight. We're snuggling tight, tight. basically. Snuggling. Yeah. <laughs> okay, literally. I got it. I'm telling you, jujitsu so is they can't intimate. kick you or elbow you in the kidney or something? No, not when you're hurts. not when you're wrapped not around. Not that I've had it, but no, I was just thinking. And it's, <laughs> and it's a very confusing situation for an attacker to find their, their opponent wrapped around them like glue and then all of a sudden Oh my it, god, it, mind it, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's really weird. It's the snuggle violence. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what it like is. It's like a boa constrictor. So yeah, so they can they can sort of hit you like little jabs and stuff, but they're not going to um, knock you out. They're not going to break your nose. They're not going to you know. So that's where that's the other safe zone. And sometimes that's the only place you have. to I go. think we need to film this though for real because I think I'm going to try to have Chris like abduct me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna. Lisa, he's a very attractive, but it's not a sexual thing. <laughs> but maybe it could be. No. All right, so we're we'll gonna to film a little mini version, um, separate from this, and to learn more, obviously, the workshop. <laughs> yes. Sorry to interrupt. I'm so sorry, but no, I just no. had to say that. So just to conclude, I mean, that thought is like once you're in that zone, and in jujitsu, you learn how to really stick to somebody like glue, um, and how to work around their body. From there, you can start working yourself in all kinds of positions, and from pretty much every position, there's a way to submit them, to break something, because jujitsu is all about focusing on the joints, and so you're putting your entire body weight, your, your entire core of your whole body is you know against their elbow or against their wrist or into twisting their shoulder, you know, or it's a choke. It's the same thing. It's your whole body just going against their neck and putting them to sleep. So you can easily walk away, well not easily, but you can, you know, I mean we hear, you know, um, reports, um, the Gracie Institute gets um, reports all the time from women who wrote in, oh my God, you know, here's another incident, I got attacked and I choked this guy out, you know, with my legs. And you learn how to do that, that's really cool. So if there are folks out there who've had classic training in self-defense, um, I guess, would you suggest jujitsu over that classic self-training or what are the differences between the common self-defense practices and jujitsu in self-defense? Well, I never want to say anything over anything else because sure. every weapon is a good weapon to have. And you definitely, you know, it's good to be able to, you know, know how to knee somebody in the groin. And sometimes you have to do that, you know, all weapons are on the table, right? Um, but uh, the, the striking arts, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's the one tool in your tool chest. And, uh, I mean, if you could only learn, learn one, yeah, I'd say jujitsu first. I really would. I really would. But, um, ideally, you know, learn a mix of tricks. I like that. Keeping a lot of tools yeah. in your tool belt. Yeah. So I remember taking women's self-defense when I was 13. I'm now 33, everyone. <laughs> yes. When I was 13, I took women's self-defense and yeah, why not? And Infants. Rescue breathing for infants. That's because you grew up in Wisconsin. So they were like, you're going to get pregnant. So so here in California, it was like, you got to protect yourself. So here's a women's self-defense class. And what I remember learning was most things were an arm's length away. And it was grab, twist, pull, because it was bound to be a man that was going to get you. And take your heel and stomp it on their foot and smash their, their foot. Take your elbow and like always like elbow just as much elbows as possible and um, so when you say like I mean I think I looked around the table when you were like wrap your body around them it's just the complete opposite of what anyone would have ever thought and so I find this really fascinating from what traditional women's self defense teaches that's not what they teach no it's not it's it's uh, it's it's nonviolent you know and that and and because those techniques are great you know those are designed for like what I think most of us fear is going to happen. You know, the violent attack in the parking lot. You know, I'm going to have to strike, you know, and it's going to be in the woods, you know, somewhere. I'm going to be fighting for my life. But I suspect that more women are having problems in the bedroom with the guy they just met and took home that night or they, the guy they had been dating for a few nights and now, or weeks or months and now they just found out, oh, he's got, like a, he's got an anger management problem or he's got, you know, whatever. And, and you know. Well, and, and most date rape is not random or no most rapes are most rape is not random it's date rape it's yeah. people that you knew yeah so it's it's someone it's not just like oh there's a stranger i'm gonna rape them it's like someone that you knew and went on a date with her tour uh, that's what happened with lisa it, it wasn't a stranger and in, in fact you had another incident honey with somebody you had been dating and then he showed up and he kind of forced himself on her mm -hmm. like in an unpleasant inappropriate way you know that he should not have done you know and so what's she supposed to do you know break his nose you know gouge his eyes out you know, no, but if she could have just rolled him off her, you know, which is yeah. the first thing you learn in jujitsu is how to get a big guy who's sitting on you off. And let me tell you, if you don't know how and you have a big guy sitting on top of you, it is a scary situation. It is not fun to feel like you're pinned down and you can't get up and you're at their mercy. And they're maybe, they may not even be hitting you. They might just have their hands in your throat. It is, it's a scary place to be. You know, you're, you're just at their whim. And so knowing how to get out of that the time to learn isn't when they're on top of you, <laughs> you know, because then, you know, the time to have that figured out is beforehand and it's not that hard to learn. I have some serious claustrophobia slash trauma from my brother pinning me down and 
hawking loogies on my face when I was oh. like five. So I literally, my um, <laughs> my partner will kill me for saying this, but he does these <laughs> <laughs> these like blanket party things where he puts the blanket over my he's like blanket party. I'm like, don't <laughs> do it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, because he just puts the blanket over my head and then kind of sits on my shoulders and I'm like, stop it! And it's like so scary because I think about my brother doing the blanket party. Uh, I like so let's teach her some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he won't even know what's coming. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she's just wrapped around like a spider monkey. <laughs> so, uh, no, I really need these techniques. So I'm like, I'm taking all the mental notes right now. Yeah, okay. Um, so, but, but aside from that, sometimes, you know... <laughs> Um, there's intimate moments where um, <laughs> how can we I really do want to know, like ab- applying jujitsu and this technique in the bedroom, because that that is what this podcast is about. So uh, we, we're taking it from a self-defense range where it's like, obviously, maybe there's someone coming at you and from a, you're from a scary point, like my blanket party situation <laughs> slash like from a serious <laughs> like, I mean, like people that are exposed to things that they didn't expect, right? Um, to how can we take this from this traumatic standpoint or, a, you know, self-defense standpoint to like an intimate bedroom experience? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. She's saying, so what about the fun things? Okay. <laughs> April would like to know, what about the fun things? <laughs> All right, well, I'm sure Lisa, I don't know, Lisa might want to say a few things on this topic, but I'll just say... Um, other than when you're making love to uh, oh she's taking off her shirt this is gonna be good she's getting a little hot already just thinking about it one layer off there's more to go it's consensual though this is such a hot topic so all I can say is um, the only time you're you know ever like totally wrapped around another human being you know with them on top of you you on top of them your legs wrapped around theirs theirs wrapped around yours your hand around their neck all that stuff um, other than when you're making love to somebody and your bodies are like pressed tight against each other. The only time you have that experience is in a martial art like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Because even a contact sport like football, you're smashing into people hard, but you're not wrapped. You're not wrapped into them like that. And in Jiu-Jitsu, that's what you do. If you watch an MMA, you know, any UFC fight, I mean, those guys are tying them. They're like around the back. They're tight, close, head in tight. Um, and so... So a lot of the movement, you really learn how to move another person's body, you know, in a more forceful way. But you learn how to really like just move gracefully out from underneath of them, you know, how to roll them off the top of you, how to just position them. Um, And that just becomes kind of second nature. And uh, I've just noticed over the years that that mentality and those motions and that muscle memory sometimes rolls over into the bedroom, you know, when we're making love and I decide I want her in a different position, I and, you know, there we are, you know, and it kind of makes it a little more fun. You know what I'm saying? It's just boop. Boop. And now, you know, now he's on top. Oh, wow. Or she's on the bottom or whatever, you know. So it just it gives you um, just a certain degree of, um, I don't know, grace. So I'm having just so a moment here of just thinking about um, because I know a lot of um, men who want to who feel like they're not fully tapped in their masculinity, especially when it comes to sex and in the bedroom. So when you said that I'm getting this feeling that this might be a good in, like indirect training to um to give them tools for that like a lot I, I know a lot of men who just they feel awkward i don't feel awkward directing i feel awkward initiating i feel awkward like when i want you know, changing all that stuff they don't feel confident in that and then part of it is their strength but part of it is technique and so it, it sounds like i mean of course jujitsu has so many other things in terms of working with um you know skills and technique and, and muscles and and all of that but you're i it feels like it could be this indirect uh, confidence building training for sexuality definitely can't hurt <laughs> so definitely doesn't hurt <laughs> Lisa well, it agrees. depends on your definition no, okay. <laughs> tell us I Lisa just, I just kind of decided to take the mic here um, it was you were mentioning all the different positions and so um, yeah so it's really amazing and wonderful having a uh, I know Amy has a jiu-jitsu lover <laughs> We keep his name anonymous, but he yeah, does jiu-jitsu. But I'm not going to say his name. 
but uh, not to mention the fact that their bodies are incredibly in shape and mm-hmm. strong. And there is, so there's this amazing confidence. And it's so funny. Uh, I, I definitely love sex and we have, a, we have a very strong sexual relationship. We've been together for a while, six years now. And there's some mornings where I'm a little tired and I take a little more convincing. And all of a sudden I'm telling him, you're jujitsuing me. <laughs> He'll get his leg and slowly roll over. And before I know it, boom, I'm in some really cool position. And it's like, whoa, that's kind of cool. So, so, yeah, there's just this, there is definitely this sense of calm and the way he holds me, the way he pulls me in, his strength, his body, and and the different positions. And, and definitely there is just this sense of 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 this gentle yet very firm and loving. I'm getting a little hot here. Ooh, <laughs> she's sweaty. She's like, oh. You're getting me a little hot. <laughs> so, yeah, I have said many times he jujitsu's me, but uh, it's 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 fun. I love wrapping my legs around him and pulling him in tight, too. And so, yeah, it's a good thing. So if folks out there were partnered up or triaded or quadrilaterally involved, whatever they are, uh, how would how could you get jujitsu? How do you, how did you say it? Oh, jujitsu! Oh, I, I was trying to add a gerund onto that, or some sort of grammatical, grammatically correct uh, pronoun. Um, no, that's not a pronoun. God, Maria, help me! What are the what are the terms? <laughs> She's like, no, stop. Um, but how could you get in there and to intimately just take a class for jujitsu first? Because you're not available anywhere outside of Santa Cruz, Chris. Unless, you know, unless there's enough people who want to fly me out somewhere. Oh. You know, I'll, I'll go and to Which any, is a great know, segue into nice how we can reach you. Yes. Um, how can we reach me? Uh, the Claudio Franza Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu website. Um, oh, so it's Franza? Yes, yeah, pronounced Franza. Yeah, I said it wrong. That's okay. Everybody says Franco. Frank. Everybody says that. It's Damn okay. It. Everybody says that. But That's what I yeah, swear. Actually, the C has a little sedia underneath it, um, uh, and it softens the C. Son yeah. of a monkey. So, um, yeah, so it's um, www.claudiofranca, C-L-A-U-D-I-O-F-R-A-N-C-A-B-J-J.com. And then you go under the uh, it says uh, special events or featured events, and there's some, there's a you know a flyer and some information, um, or it's also on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/c95c as in Chris c95 self defense. And as of now, you're not really teaching a jujitsu for sex workshop. Just to be clear, everyone, what we're <laughs> stating, although. Although I'm pretty sure that if enough of you got really excited about this and flew Chris out, that he would do that. But will you tell us mm, about the offering go. that's coming up? Like, tell us about the workshop series that is actually about to happen. Yeah, so the workshop, it's either, um, it's either uh, six, six weeks, um, once a week, um, or um, as you brilliantly suggested, um, we've got a two-weekend intensive. It's just two Saturday afternoons for people who just can't commit to anything that's more than a, <laughs> a couple weeks long. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and and there's also going to be homework because j- j- learning jujitsu is a bit like learning to play the violin, you know, um, or learning to swim. Yeah, you're not going to be uh, you know a great swimmer when you finish the six weeks, but you are going to know how to tread water. And knowing how to tread water when you didn't know how to do anything, you know, that could be a lifesaver right there, right? So um, I'm going to make sure that after six weeks, you've got some. You know, I'm going to be. I'm going to be thinking of everybody there like my 14-year-old daughter who I am actually working on. When they leave, I want to know that, you know, each of those people or, you know, guys as well are going to be able to handle themselves. And for the guys, we're going to make it more like a kind of an MMA street fighting angle. You know, I'm going to teach the the techniques. They're the same techniques, but just a different perspective, right? Um, I'm going to make sure that, you know, when you guys get out of there, you're going to be comfortable in some of the, you know, the worst possible, most common situations you end up in and just know what to do. And we're going to drill it. I'm going to give you drills to do at home um, so that you build the muscle memory. We're gonna, um, I'm going to sign videos to watch, um, both videos about technique as well as videos on, um, like from surveillance cameras of actual YouTube videos of attacks. Uh, if you don't want to watch those, you don't have to. But if, if you do, it's really fascinating to see like, what actually happens in violent situations. And then we break it down. We're like, look, this is what happened. This is, here's all the things you know, she could have done or he could have done. But because they didn't know what to do, this is this is how it ended. You know, it's very you know you you fighting is just like it's just like any sport. You know, there's just a certain way things happen, and there's certain moves you can make to you know to win. You know, so anyway, um, uh, six weeks. Um, you don't have to be in great shape. You don't need any special clothes. Um, just you know, come in some you know shorts and a t-shirt or sweats or whatever. Dress for yoga. 
and it's going to be a ton of fun. You know, we're going to learn these techniques. You're going to meet fun people. And it's going to be awesome. So, again, this is a six-week six week immersion in Santa Cruz at Claudio Franza. 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 Hey. Can we do an immersion class, though, with high heels and, um, and lingerie? You're designing a whole other class, which I'm probably going <laughs> to be thinking about on the way home tonight. It's yeah. Intimacy featuring Chris and Lisa. And Lisa. <laughs> Hot. Yeah, I think they might be onto something, honey. All right, yeah, there we go. So we're coming up with other ideas, but for now, everyone, for now, if you're all into these other ideas, you should email us if you really want the high heel version, this, this, the jujitsu for sex version. Otherwise, what we have right now is a six-week immersion, April 5th through May 17th. That is Thursday nights, 7.45 to 9 p.m. here in Santa Cruz at Claudio Frances Studio. Or you can do a two-weekend intensive if you're really busy like me. Uh, May 5th and May 12th. Those are Saturdays from 12 to 3.30 p.m. And again, you can email Chris at C-B-A-L-T-H-A-S-A-R at live.com to learn more. And you can get all of this information on our website. It was a pleasure having both of you and Maria, too, joining us at Me House on this lovely Tuesday it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. I couldn't remember what day it was. That's because it's been a long fucking day. And um, yeah, this has been wonderful. We didn't talk about your journey of your love story, but we're going to have these two back because honestly, everyone, these two, you want to hear their story. <laughs> it's a pretty good story. Yeah, it's a pretty good story. You already heard some really good stories, but there are more stories that are to be told that will give you lots and hope, uh, lots of hope for love and miracles. That's all I'll say. Aww. To be continued. <laughs> um, so uh, before we end, so thank you to Chris and Lisa. Thank you to wonderful Maria. Wonderful Margins Wine. You can go to marginswine.com to learn more about the wonderful wine that we're drinking. How do we, what, what is it? The San Sangiovese. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell it, you can look it up. Google Sangiovese. Uh, <laughs> This was a great episode, I want to say. I learned some things, and I, as a nonviolent human, do want to enjoy um, more information about how to kind of assert myself if there are violent situations or just maybe cool things in the bedroom to change things up from time to time when a blanket party happens. So anyway, <laughs> that's like not a technical term, the blanket party. That actually, I'm quite fearful of that, so... I'm just saying. Anyway, all y'all, if you're out there and you have a minute, take a time. Send us your loving feedback because we do appreciate and we read every single review that you send to us on iTunes. We also appreciate you sending this podcast to your mom, to your dad, to your dog, to your cat, to your sister, to your brother in Jamaica, wherever they are. We love you. And thank you for listening every week. We'll see you next Tuesday, everybody. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.